Hello and welcome back to the View Church Podcast. This is Jake Brown. I am the host of the View Church Podcast. And in these next few episodes, we're going to be looking at uh, three separate Beatitudes. And we're going to be starting off with uh, the first one being, Blessed are those who mourn. And I was going to ask one of you guys um, if you would read uh, the verse so people can have some context. And you guys just dive right into um, the conversation and why uh, you're moving through that at the time. I'll read that, Jake. Thank you. Uh, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Um, it's a, a beautiful passage. And yet at the same time, it's, it's a bit challenging because you don't often think about comfort in a time of mourning. So uh, it's both hopeful, but yet um, difficult to understand. Um, so, and people who are mourning aren't immediately comforted or sometimes don't feel comfort. So exactly what is Jesus driving at? Um, and I would just start off with this. One of the most meaningful ways of understanding this for me, Jeff and Jake, is that just the experience, the practical experience of watching people who, who grieve, they tend to live well compared to people who, who don't grieve. So I think there's a real practical, um, aspect of what Jesus is is teaching us here, that there is a process of grief that is more healthy and helpful to the human experience. So um, to me, it's almost an invitation to trust the process of grief, that somehow God is present in it, and that it ultimately brings comfort. It's, inter- it's interesting you say that, because I think for whatever reason, maybe other people that are, that are listening would, would understand this. I've always associated with when something happens in your life, like something you lose a loved one because you hear it so often at funerals, right? You hear it when you lose, but you're saying that this is really the way, this is a practice of life of learning how to grieve. And by learning how to grieve, you're then saying that you are blessed by moving through that because I, I, I just really appreciate you saying that because I never heard it said that way aside from being in a funeral or something like that it's but that's a really interesting context that is true we we grieve lots of different things Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah we don't see the the disappointment of a dream or the loss of a job um you know a a relationship that didn't turn out the way you wanted those were all um grief moments and so yeah we, we we have to see grief as something that's broader than just a loss of someone that that we love mm how about you, Jeff? What does that um, verse mean for you and through your own experience and own theological understanding of what does it mean for you these days? I could speak at length about this. Mm. Um, keep in mind the historical setting was one of, of great violence. Um, I, I think I talked on a previous podcast about uh, three rebellions against Rome over about a 150-year period and the when the Romans marched in, the the raping and the pillaging and the destruction that they wrought was was uh, incredibly difficult for the for uh, the Jewish people uh, to to cope with. Mm-hmm. And so, what many would experience in that kind of situation uh, is is also a rage, being enraged. And so blessed are those who mourn is, is a little different than blessed are those who are enraged um, because that death and destruction could cause people to, to hate at a level where no reconciliation would ever be possible. And the antidote, I think, to that kind of hate is walking through the grieving process. 
And so blessed are those who mourn is, is more than, uh, an individualistic sense of, of grieving for my benefit. Blessed are those who mourn is, and is a way for a, a whole society to heal itself, uh, by, by grieving, uh, a cult, a cultural loss or grieving, um, a, 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 a national loss. And so, um, and boy, we, we, I think, I think it's one of the things that, that we need now, um, because our, the, our politics right now and the, the way that the nation is being divided, it, uh, it's a great challenge. Mm. And so, um, much, much grieving, uh, needs to be done. Mm. And it reminds me too of, um, I've, I've, I've read about the, literally the healing property of tears, right? Like, so that's a big one. And, um, there's a lot of science and research. It's, it's biblical, but there's an, a massive amount of science and research that talks about the, the benefits of grieving. Jesus was way ahead of his time. He yeah. was way ahead of science and yes. he, he, he understood it. And yeah, just do some research on, on do a Google search on the benefit of tears. And it's fascinating. Mm. And then I actually discovered, uh, a while back that, um, some early church fathers, uh, and Jeff, you would know this more than me, but I think it was Syrian church fathers. Was there? Okay, he's giving me a yes. So I'm Syri- right. Syriac. <laughs> he's our resident <laughs> theologian, yeah. so always look to him. That's right. <laughs> the Syriac. Yeah. Uh, but they actually wanted tears to be a sacrament. Mm. You know, a sacrament is this, uh, you know, visible sign of grace. And yeah. so I've discovered over time that, you know, even uh, in my own grieving process, that tears is like holy water. Mm. It really, it really can heal. But it's just fascinating to me that somewhere in our, our tradition that there was spiritual fathers that thought tears were so sacred mm. that they should be included as a sacrament. So, yeah, um, it's 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 just fascinating to me that, you, you know, crying can somehow help you heal. Mm. And uh, we all probably need to have a good cry every now and then. Jeff, do you, and I know we talked about this previously with once the church kind of got in bed with the Roman Empire, which was a hyper- um, I, I don't think I don't think ma- masculine is a good word there. I think what I'm trying to say is is it was about power. D- do you feel that the current the current um, space that Christianity holds, and maybe I think even Scott referenced this in the po- in the recording we have with Restore, where there is this almost inability or this um, this weakness that we don't want to show almost because we assume by grieving we're being weak. Um, it, it, do you feel like the, in, in, in some ways the church has actually created a bit of that where um, maybe it's you can you can grieve, but it's certainly not part of your your Christian experience? I don't know that the church has created it. I think it's it's a, a function of uh, our culture mm. and what we have uh, been taught to believe about ourselves as mm. American males. Mm. Uh, and so I don't necessarily think it's it's unique to the church, but. In many ways, the church has um, baptized that culture mm. and has made that culture normative for the way Christian men should live their lives. Mm. And so there is this sense that in a, when I, I grew up in a, in, a, in a rural Southern Baptist church in Southeast Texas, and um, I was never, I don't ever remember being scolded for crying. I, yeah. I, I do remember Oh, no, that's not true. I, I have been told, you know, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Stop yeah. that crying. I'm going to give you something to cry. That sort of thing. Yeah. Where, where crying is viewed as as weakness. It's yeah. viewed as feminine. Uh, it's something that, that women do. It's not something that men do. Mm. And so um, I have had to, I call it crying old tears mm. because 
um, things ha- have happened to me in my life, mm-hmm. and I, for whatever reason, in the moment, I felt it imperative to swallow my tears mm-hmm. and not to show that emotion because I may I may appear weak or I may appear, you know, um, uh, not manly or whatever. And listen, those tears are going to come out. <laughs> you you're not going to be able to stop it now. Yeah. The tears may be converted to rage. Yep. The tears may be uh, converted to um, behaviors that are self-destructive. Yep. Um, but they will come out. Yep. And so it is much more productive to let those tears come out in the way that they were naturally meant to come out mm. instead of trying to swallow those old tears from your childhood or from your past mm. And then they work their way out in some destructive way. Mm. What about you, George? What are, what, are, what are some of the things you think from keeping us from maybe even believing? Because even as you said, blessed are those who mourn. Like, um, what are some of the things that keep us from actually taking that to heart and saying, no, I need to, and Jesus is telling me this, I need to embrace that. What is some of that resistance, you think? Uh, it's our male ego, I think, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, we should trust Jesus. Uh, that's kind of been my perspective when um, I'm confronted with that and feeling like to cry would be weakness. I'm trying to trust Jesus more because uh, I think he was the most manly man. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I want to trust that. And and then just reading about these early church fathers, they, they were different. They were different kind of men who even thought that perhaps tears would be a better way of knowing God than even ideas. Mm. And so, um, you know, I've just, I've learned over time that in moments of grief, um, like Jeff is saying, when, when a tear wants to flow, that I can trust it and should trust it. And uh, it's one of those things that now I'm much more confident that comfort will come mm. through those. And so I think we need places where we can invite people to, to trust those words of Jesus more. Mm. And I think I'm, I'm so glad, Jeff, you talked about calling them um, old tears. Shakespeare wrote about uh, four bemoaned moans, and it's almost like uh, uh, tears of your grandfather, your tears of your father, tears of you. It's, it's like these generational tears that sometimes when you're going through something as a child or as an adult or a, or a teenager and you, you have something where for whatever reason, maybe your family just depended on you to do the service, right? Or something, and you didn't allow yourself to grieve. So you're saying, uh, blessed are those who uh, mourn even things that they weren't able to mourn in the past. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. I remember I was a Dallas Cowboys fan growing up. Mm. And I remember, this was probably 95 or 96, they were in the playoffs, and uh, they lost the playoff game. And I remember walking out on, on my front porch in, in Diana, Texas, and just being overcome with sadness mm. and going, and I'm, I'm sitting there crying like a baby. And I'm like, why are you crying over a stupid football game? It doesn't yeah. matter. It's not yeah. that big a deal. And so then I started introspect, uh, you know, in, with, with uh, uh, introspection, asking myself, what, what is this? Mm. And I grew up playing football. I played uh, high school. I played two years in college. And what I became aware of was I was grieving the loss of an identity. Mm. 
um, I was the the big football player. You know, I was I was uh, celebrated in in my hometown. You know, we were a really good team, and mm-hmm. and um, we did very well. Yeah, and so that part of me that was celebrated and that was admired had died, mm. and I had never given it the the the, the grieving that it needed. But then mm. when the the Dallas Cowboys lose to a play on in a playoff game, all of a sudden, wow, all of that grief. Uh, comes right out and I'm and it took me a minute to figure out what was going on but then I did and I'm like and now that I can recognize what that was I go yeah I I, I grieve that part of my life is gone mm. and and that's okay mm. so I would say that uh, that we certainly can look back on our lives and, and sometimes maybe you're in a, in a situation where just you're overwhelmed with emotion you have no idea why mm. you're like why am i so upset why you know i came to this stupid pixar movie and and i'm sitting here crying like mm-hmm. a baby at the ending why is that and you're like well maybe there's maybe there are some some tears that we need to cry that mm. that this movie just called them out uh but they're for things that happened years and years ago i think mm. that happens all of the time with people mm. that's great uh george you want to add anything else as we close out um uh, for they will be comforted also, I think, is a the, a very important part of that verse. I think we have more than blind faith to put our trust in that, that, that they will be comforted. Mm-hmm. Um, psychology teaches us that. Um, there's just a lot of science that agrees with the Scripture mm-hmm. in this. So, um, yeah, uh, this invitation is one that's uh, it's not always easy mm-hmm. to, to open up to, but uh, our experience, Jeff and I both, and we believe others, um, it is that comfort will come. And so we, we should take Jesus's word seriously here mm. and, and enter the process. This is God's process yeah. of helping us heal when we're grieving yeah. the smallest thing to the biggest thing. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find out everything you need about View Church at www.viewchurch.org, whether it's upcoming service times, RSVPs, podcasts. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe as well as rate and review our show. Thanks and take care.